everybody, welcome to the 34th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just want to remind everybody, please subscribe on iTunes, follow us on our socials, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, just search for MathCore Index on those platforms. We're pretty much everywhere and very active. Uh, next, want to remind everybody, the fest is next week. MathCore Index Fest 2019 is July 13th at Oakland Metro Opera House. Uh, we've got Mouth Breather, Meth, Name, Seizures, Standards, Floral, Rob Ford Explorer, Steak Sauce, Mustache, Sar, Freighter, and Half Slug. Uh, sponsored by Dark Trail Records, yours really. Metal Trenches, Dadcore Pod, Podcast X Dadcore. I'm sure you can find that if you look it up. Mars Productions. Uh, tickets are $25, doors at 2 p.m., and we'll link all that in the description. And a couple more quick announcements here. Uh, we just announced our exciting new partnership with Backroom Studios, the premier metal and math core studio out there in Rockaway, New Jersey, run by Kevin Antaresi and the Dillinger Escape Plan. They've done so many good albums we love. Dillinger Escape Plan, again, Knife to Glitter, Circuit of Suns, Inside the Beehive, Demented Dross, a lot of artists that we've covered on this podcast. And right now, if you book studio time through Math Core Index, we can offer you 10% off your studio fees. So email us with the subject line, MathCore10 to MathCoreIndex at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get you set up with some studio time with one of uh, Kevin's fine engineers out there at Backroom Studios in New Jersey. And one last thing, we do have a full band interview with the Kalistar Boys here at the end of the episode, so please stay tuned for that. All right, so the first band we're going to talk about is Carbomb. Carbomb are a mathcore progressive metal band from Long Island, New York. They started back in the year 2000, but didn't release their first demos until uh, 2004. Remember those vividly on MySpace? Uh, they released their first album, Centralia, in 2007. Um, Waveform in, as it's sometimes called, rather, in 2012, you know, with like the W clip. W. Yep. Um, and their most recent album, Meta, in 2016 one of my favorite albums of all time, and they played our first annual fest, Mathcore Index Fest 2018, last year, and now they're back with their new single, Dissect Yourself. We even planned that segue. That was kind of nice. Plug the fest in a car bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely my favorite set of last year. Got right up front for, for gratitude and sang my little heart out. And filled that little fucking bar up so fast with them. Yes, they, they did. Sure did fill that place up. Um, yeah, uh, so this is the first time we're getting to cover car bomb on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, fuck, Christian, you want to start off with this or what? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I don't know if I can say much that I haven't already said about this band in general because we've, we've talked about them pretty extensively, um, you know, in our 2017 review or whatever, our 2016, uh, 2017 review, I think it was, in January of that year. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, just one of the most important bands in the genre, one of, like, the last, like, first-generation mathcore bands, I suppose you could call them, of the first wave, really, truly. Um I feel like every other band from that era has sort of, you know, had a, such an extensive lineup change or They're have just of, called it quits. That oh, sorry for interrupting. That's um, okay. Um, it's kind of like that. Um, say the last breed of like that. Uh, you know, that Canadian kind of like that techie kind of thing that came through. You know, Ion Dissonance. Yeah, they came out like around that, the same you know? time as them too. Yep. I think. I think Ion D started in 2001 or 2002, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Um, starring Janet Leigh is the one I was thinking of. Oh, starring Janet Leigh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes Which yes, also yes. had John Carroll of uh, Number Twelve. Looks like you in it for a minute. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah, it is kind of like the last, uh, the last little like dying breed of that uh, that era, I guess. Truly, truly, and you know they they have just won up themselves again and again from album to album. <laughs> I mean, Centrally was amazing. Still, I mean, it still holds up big time if you're asking me. But uh, Waveform, a next level that, and then uh, even further so on Meta, the the ring modulation, the pitch shifting, the uh, the soundscape experimentation. 
just just the effort to make the guitar sound like anything but basically uh, has just gone further and further and further and now we've got this new single which I uh, uh, I'm gonna sum it up as a pew 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 I think that's it however everyone would safely sum it up yeah pew 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 it uh, he's basically taken those effects and turned the guitar into like a laser gun and it's just it's so fucking perfect for this. I, you know, I dare to say that this is going to coin an entirely new genre of music, laser gore. It's 2019, we finally have <laughs> laser guns. Please don't do that, though. Please, <laughs> please don't do that. We really don't want you to do that. Just let let Greg keep doing his thing. He can do it better than you. It's okay. Dude, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I think the only other person who really holds a candle that same kind of like technique is that uh, Circuit of Suns guy. I, I feel like his guitar technique and effects processing is really, really similar. You know, bud... You're calling that out pretty well, actually. I think, like, because uh, you know, In the same area too. You know, when uh, I think it was Bane kind of, kind of really like started off that whammy kind of pedal again. Oh, they definitely brought it. I mean, um, and then you know, I mean, him call it us was the first band to really popularize it. I want to say. Yeah, but Bane definitely brought it back, and mm-hmm. you know, you hear we Frontier or two. Even other, I mean, we've we've brought this up on the podcast numerous times with bands that have played like that, that kind of have that style now, and you called that out. You know, when Vane, um did that and now i'm i mean we might hear some more lasers going on who knows <laughs> pitch shifting is back in the callous Dabways are doing it as i said frontier is doing it Dude, Bane obviously doing it not loose occasionally i believe too i was listening to callous Dabways on the walk over here and yeah um a lot through the album they do that a ton actually like way more than i originally even remember them doing i remember them doing it a lot live at last year's fest but on the record yeah it's it's way more prevalent than i remember um anyway so back to car bomb yeah yeah this this new single is, is really just, as I was saying, pushed the extremity even fucking further. And uh, although we don't have an official album release date or album title, actually, I think maybe they did kind of hand out the title. I can't remember right now. But um, it's coming out this fall, supposedly. So I'm going to be looking forward to that. Yep. Uh, you can just keep dropping singles every once in a while. I'm okay with that, too. All good. Fucking, this, this is great, man. If they're all going to be like this, I mean, Jesus Christ. I don't usually buy a single knowing if there's going to be an album following it, but I, I totally bought this single, too, just to show them some love, because it's just that fucking good. And, man, if you guys haven't seen it yet, check out the music video. There's a great music video for this as well, yes. And it I'll, I'll it that. makes so much sense. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it, it really it, it goes perfectly with the fucking music. You're right. <gasps> Um, and I'll, I'll be sure to link that in the description for you. Anybody that's sensitive may, might have epileptic, ep, uh, epileptic seizures. Don't listen to this or watch it. I, I, don't, I didn't see any warning about that, but you could be right. I'm warning you. I'm warning everyone. <laughs> I don't think it's like, say, that episode of Pokemon, but, you know. You remember <laughs> I, that? No, dude, I don't know anything about Pokemon. I can't believe you just he looked remembers. at me dead in the eyes and said, do you know that about Pokemon? <laughs> you son of a bitch. But for all of you out there. It's like common knowledge. For all of you out there, I'm just getting an or anime. that episode of The Simpsons, you know. Oh yeah, that one I know. That one I know. Yeah. Dude, or no, maybe it, maybe they just parody that when they go to well, anyway. We're getting off on a serious fucking tangent here. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so anyway, this new fucking single is massive. It is so good. Uh, Car bomb just taking it another step further with their new single, Dissect Yourself. So that's what we're gonna listen to, uh, and that came out on May thirty first. Here we go.
that is just obnoxiously good. So that is the uh, the new single from Carbomb, Dissect Yourself, and that just came out back in May. Whew. Hopefully we'll get an album release date sooner rather than later. So next we're going to talk about Trauma City. Trauma City are a uh, three-piece instrumental noise rock band from Atlanta, Georgia. And they're a new band, as near as I can tell, they formed this year and have just released their debut self-titled EP. You could also describe this band in like a number of ways, too, by the way, uh, including math rock. But this is unlike a lot of stuff I've I've heard recently. It's all over. It's kind of a, I mean, like, there's like kind of like grindy elements in a way. And like uh, the, I guess the noise element, too, is just like there's a lot of things going on here. Dude. Yeah, the guitars are like almost completely washed out Guitar. in effects. Uh, it, it, I think it's a three-piece. Yeah, it's yep. a three-piece. Yep. Um, and as I was saying, they're, the guitars are, there's like so much chorus and like pitch shifting and other stuff that it almost doesn't even sound like a guitar, as we were just discussing about Car Bomb. Yep. Uh, the music is also very synth-driven, which is going to be um, sort of a trend in this episode, too. The synths are just like massive and really dominate every track. I, I think that might be what defines their sound the most, actually. I think the synth is what probably would make them uh, interesting enough for myself to watch them live. Um, I do kind of get a little lost and distracted without any vocals, I guess, listening to the five tracks or whatever. Um, four. Four. Uh, but yeah, um, I, that's... So that's your complaint, basically? You didn't like... I guess it, yeah. I guess it is a complaint. Sure, do get a little <laughs> lost there. Man, I I think it's it's perfect actually. I'm I'm usually not one to gravitate towards like instrumental music of this style, but it was really working for me. That mm-hmm. that Zach Hill level barrage was just reminding me so much of Hella that um I, I think in that context it worked a lot more for me versus trying to think of it in a grindy or hardcore text context oh, rather. Yep, uh, it's like a horse horse the band like ten percent and then like yeah and then like hella and like a little bungle in there too. Like it's all over. Again dude. the locust too with the, those synth uh, synth elements. And this is just a, a really solid four track EP too in my opinion. Every track is just packed with like really memorable moments. There's like this kind of like huge daughtersy Hayworthy breakdown in the first track, which is just mm-hmm. so sickly sounding but like broken up by these like chaotic moments um it's just fucking wicked you know like they they just slow the whole tempo down even more too like again kind of like a hardcore band which is so kind of funny that you bring that up so yeah there's uh, it, it is kind of all over the place isn't it yeah i love it um i i i it would be great to see them live and i see from the pictures they seem to like all face each other in a way uh like kind of like a three-way yeah i saw thing. that uh, i saw that picture i, I dig it I do too. I like I like when uh, when bands are sort of like making, um, making eye contact with each other. I don't really know how, any other way to describe that. Ed Gain used to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the face just the face to face kind of thing. Anyway, um, and just to talk about some of my other favorite tracks, that second track just starts off with this really pensive sequence that again would make hella blush, and uh, I, all these moments are just punctuated by smaller bursts of energy. And uh, track three is really where that synth st- like stands out to. It almost hits. As you were saying, these like horse the band heights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I feel like track one kind of opens where I thought it was like, wait, is this going to be like a bunch of horse the band kind of stuff? But then it takes a different direction right away. But that, the, it, the track one has such heavy synth right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it threw me for a curveball. I didn't know what the fuck was going to be going on there. Yeah, I, I, hate, I hate to keep bringing up daughters because we bring them up so fucking much. But uh, just those like slidey bass parts too. Yep. Um, and that, that third track. And track four is only like 40 seconds long. Um, if I was to pick one track, I'd say track two for myself. Oh, absolutely. Me too. Track oh, two as well. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and listen to track two, which is uh, from Trauma City's self-titled EP, which just came out on June 10th of 2019. Here we go. Here we go. 
All right, so that was two, which is track two from Trauma City's self-titled EP, which came out back in June. That was two. <laughs> and that was massive, yeah, by dude. the way. Yep. Really, really good. I, I hope that putting it in that context uh, enhances your enjoyment, Levi. Is, tr- is the text like Sin City? Is that what the text is like? I, d- I don't know if that's what From it's Trauma supposed City. to be. Anyways, I like, the, I like the logo you guys got, so game on. I wish they would have actually had album art, though, and not just their logo. I, don't know. It, I mean, can, I, I bet you, I, totally I bet you this EP is more of like a... A demonstration, kind of. A demo. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're watching, I'm making Levi watch uh, the end of Evangelion here. Yeah. Sort of reverse engineering his anime experience with the most expert level anime, but... Yeah, on the on, on the uh, uh, we we're on the before the music break or whatever we uh uh I was trying to say like yeah Christian's got me uh, finally watching anime for the first time and like I, I just started watching One Punch Man so now he's got so now adorable. his eyes opened a lot and he's, he's like whoa fucking we gotta watch this next we gotta watch this <laughs> no after he told me that I sent him like twenty other fucking animes that he's never gonna watch I will but it has to include blood and things you really gotta watch Eva then because I mean it's it's best it's one of the most critically acclaimed. Some people out there are probably just like, <laughs> fuck these guys. I'm never listening to this podcast again. Um, no, if you know us, you know we're fucking huge anime, or at least I'm a huge anime dork. I mean, we've, I mean, every episode, I mean, well, not every episode, but most episodes, we've watched it. In the right, it's like our always. modus fucking an- operandi. We always like are drinking and smoking and watching anime while we record the podcast. What you said, yes. It's a tradition. <laughs> um, yeah. In a way to rationalize our substance abuse. Mm. <laughs> We're busy boys. <laughs> uh, it's good being a sycophant and enabler. <laughs> All right. So next we're going to talk about Wilsey X. Dude, I'm, I would have not pronounced it like that, and I'm glad you did that. <laughs> good old Willie X. <laughs> Wilsey X. Yep, yep. So uh, Wilsey X, that's uh, W-I-L-L-Z-Y-X, like the South Park episode, The Whale are a math uh, mathcore noise rock band from Manchester, New Hampshire. And they released their self-titled EP back in 2017, and now they're back with a new single, Air in Recession. The single sees a serious improvement from the band, and although there's no mention of an album release date yet, this new single is really fucking good, and you need to hear it. Teased. I just fucking got teased with just one single. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite, like, newer newer albums that's going to be coming out later this year i'm really really excited for this one just based on this single alone even their 2017 release was a fucking ripper it was good yep it was good but this seems like they've totally like transcended all those influences they used to wear on their sleeve i feel like they're 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 becoming i mean it's still like um (laughs) we can still definitely pin it down to you know three or more but or at least a a couple but i'm just saying that they've uh they've uh they've they've really come up this the style is like much better much more polished the production is great um, they, they are really, you could describe this as mathcore or noise rock, but they really are sort of leaning into this like experimental angular stuff now. Um, on that note, they kind of have what I would describe again as the Rhode Island sound. We've talked about this on many other episodes. Yeah. Angular, scronky, punctuated by moments of chaos, art grind, free, uh, excuse me, art grind freakouts, uh, and or huge breakdowns. These guys dip their feet in like a lot of subgenres of hardcore here. <laughs> like I, I, I wrote that too. I was like. Hard, chaotic hardcore grind screamo question mark? But that's like their older stuff, though. <laughs> yeah. they've, they've, again, they've transcended all of that stuff. This new stuff is really embellishing the angular scronky moments, I think. Yep. It's just like downright creepy, too. More. More, please, yeah. Yep. I, I know that they've got uh, this. I'm sure this will be followed by a release at some point later this year. 
So I'm really, really looking forward to that. And I really was enjoying the lyrics from this song, too. Not only did it have a great music video, which I'll link in the description for Ooh, you. Ooh, did not see that. Okay. Oh, man, it, it really complements the music quite well. But uh, the lyrics, the main lyric from more or less the chorus of the song really gets me. Faked content of the public, hidden in the guise of common sight, full disclosure of torment, everything you want is qualified. Anyway, um, so we're going to go ahead and listen to their new single, Error in Recession, which came out on May 24th of 2019. Here we go. That is such a satisfying listen. Mm, tingle. God, really, really good. I mean, it's just like daughters and kin mode and the central kind of like. Christian just showed me the music video. He is correct. It matches <laughs> the song very well. God, Kudos, um, gentlemen. Kudos. It's just uh, yeah, just it's it's perfect. It really is. Could you imagine five or six tracks or more of that continuously? I'm fucking. I'm sprung off that one right there. Boner jams, 2019. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you right now. All right, so um, moving on. Next, we're going to talk about nonverbal codes. Nonverbal codes are a mathcore band from Russia. They started back in 2017, uh, 2017 with an EP, and now they're back with their debut full-length, La Decadence, which, of course, translates into 
the decadence. Did you know that, Levi? I didn't think so. <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. And they got one. They got one song. I think it's in French or something like that. Track yeah, four. What the fuck's going on here, guys? Exactly. There's kind of a. a the, the rest of... is in English. Then you're from Saint Petersburg. <laughs> yeah, it, that is but? sort of. Uh, that is rather interesting, huh? Yeah, that they hail from Russia, but there's a lot of French undertones in this album, and yet the lyrics are in English. Except track four, where the song is in fucking French. So yeah, it's interesting. But uh. Back to nonverbal. Um, I believe we spoke about covering them. I think when they just had the single out. Yeah, yeah, we did. We've we've gone back and forth about covering this band for it's, sure. It's interesting. The the album. I don't know what it is with the album cover you guys have, but it sticks in my head. And uh, I I remember when we looked at the single, you guys had the same I think uh, cover. But uh, I I really like it. It's just I don't know what it is about it. It's great art. Yeah. I yep. Agree. Um. But uh. Anyways. Other than that, uh, just fucking really great. Just a metalcore sound going on here, man. Um, kind of like, I guess like there's a little. I, I I'm dropping Mr. Bungle again, but like there's like these like one or two little pieces that really kind of take me there back to Mr. Bungle. You know, I, I I thought the exact same thing actually. Um, there, and of course on that note, Dillinger. Um, you could definitely describe this as mathcore, but it's kind of like proggy too, I guess. Absolutely. They're using extended range instruments. I'm certain of that. Seven, eight, nine strings maybe. Now, com- this is a band where you're, if you were to compare them to their seven, 2017 release, like holy shit, have they refined and really just got, like they Much refined like, exactly. their sound, like beat Just like Will Z X. Yep, exactly. Um, so well done. Well, I mean, Will Z X, like their other EP is like, also, like, I could, like, throw that on right now, and if I wanted more of them, I could get that. But I really feel like Nonverbal Codes, they have stepped it up a lot. Okay, you're saying it's, like, a, almost a completely different animal than at this point. Yeah, and then just the way that was recorded, too, you know. Um, yeah, anyways, I say kudos, gentlemen. Um, it, it's, it's fucking awesome out there. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, that first track starts off with this slow kind of synth-heavy ballad similar to, like, a Dillinger B-side. I, I love track one the most, <laughs> everything, but uh, I just love how the, the album starts. Right. It really fucking let me... It, it will Track one grabbed me enough where I sat back and I listened to the rest of it and didn't skip a track. The track that you're thinking of with that uh, with that Mr. Bungle-ish part is, uh, is Peyote, by the way. Is that five? Or... I can't remember what the, what the number is, but uh, yeah, it is track five, exactly. Yeah, I just remember it after the... the after the uh, the uh, track four with like uh, the French and everything, I think there's even like spoken word in there too. Uh, and then five, I was just like, whoa! Because they what? bring in that piano and it just like a ton of like stop on a stop on a dime time changes. Yeah, it, but it's it's still very proggy though at the same time, and that really was reminding me of like noise trail immersion and fawn limbs. Absolutely, have noise trail written down as well. Yep. <laughs> yep. Our brains work the same apparently. Yep. Well, kind of. You're, this is why we're friends. Yours works like faster and better sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Ah, that's true. Yeah, that yeah, true. yeah. Those things. I um, am better than you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, dude, uh, that's pretty much all I gotta say. I'm nonverbal, man. Uh, just uh, well done on this release. Perfect. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and listen to Peyote then. Right? Yeah, track five. Fuck yeah. Let's Great. do that. So, Parody is track five from, uh, <laughs> I almost said Noise Trail Immersion, Nonverbal Code's new album, La Decadence, and that came out on April 17th of 2019. Going back a little bit there. Yeah. We, do, we did a. Oh, well, yeah, I guess we were A couple of April releases on this one, yeah. All good. Here we go. Let's go! 
So that was Peyote by Nonverbal Codes, and that's off their new album, La Decadence, which came out back in April. So next we're going to talk about El Jesus. I don't really know if I'm supposed to pronounce it a certain way or not, so I'm going to say it literally, El Jesus. The Jesus. El Jesus. El Jesus. I I think so. Yep, that's what it is. I'm going to go with Levi on this one. Jesus. God damn it. <laughs> so, El Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's got to be El Jesus. I don't know, dude. El Jesus is a um, is a, ma- a metalcore, mathcore solo project from Florida featuring... It's a solo project? Yeah, it features uh, David Paul of Fear Alex on all instruments and vocals. And uh, I think maybe he might have just relocated to Nashville, uh, judging by some of the the song titles, the lyrical content, but... I'm Sounds not like really you already about that. hate Nashville, too. What? I mean, yes, but how did you know that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Nashville. I we have My family has property outside of Nashville. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is, a, it is a small, okay city for about a day or two, and then you need to leave immediately. When you can't find good weed? Or fucking just... I mean, I know that's your problem anyway. No weed. A lot of people are racist still. And then uh, there's... Yes, that. Humid as fuck. Everything. It's crazy. Staunchly ignorant South. In Tennessee, you could die in the ditch and just the elements... Just, yeah, the South. Dude, I think any state in the South, think about that. If you die in the ditch, just the elements of the South and just the bugs and creatures, you're you're gone within a few fucking... Like, it's crazy. Like, I... uh. Are you saying that even a worm will turn, Levi? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk with you outside for a second? (laughs) Listen, you gotta stop making that reference. (laughs) Worm will turn. God damn it. But anyways, are you saying that you won't get what you want? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, motherfucker. Um, uh, but I did not know this is a one man project. So that's fucking, that's even nut. that. I mean, I, wow. Amazing. Yeah. Um, good old, good old David. Really? What a great debut from him too. Dude, this is, I mean, from Feralux to this, this is awesome. As far as the style of hardcore that Mm -hmm. you are doing, I fucking love it. There's like these like little elements of like this like early 90s hardcore kind of going on and like i love the fucking range of vocals that you are in he's versatile uh, he sings on this album it's so good dude oh, the singing's a little but uh <laughs> it's good dude it's really fucking good it was working for me yep um 
yeah, it's it's five tracks of diverse metalcore with plenty of lingering mathcore and post-hardcore elements that we all know and love from David's previous work with uh, Fear Lux. Um, and again, it's five tracks, all of them two minutes or less. It's very concise. However, uh, this is more like a heavier version of Fear Lux, I'd say. Duh, a lot more breakdowns. If you're like, yo, mm-hmm. I want breakdowns, this is it. But it, yeah, exactly. It still manages to be a, um, a complete departure, I'd say, stylistically. But you can just like tell that this guy was in Fear Lux. Yeah, just really thunderous drumming, you know, um, and just with like this, those heavy chugs. Like, I don't even need yeah, the Yeah, right break- away with the first track. Exactly. Too. I don't even need the... Br- I mean, I want the breakdowns, but I don't need the breakdowns necessarily because you're already giving me those heavy chugs. Um, but the... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Christian. Um, the, the, the lyrics, though, are fucking awesome man i love your lyrics um even that nashville oh, track you like you if, said that you like the lyrics Levi. is that right i am hoping that nobody heard that <laughs> um but uh dude uh fucking uh th- this this really it, it it hit me it it hit me the the most i think out of all uh these bands this this uh this episode I went back and listened continuously to this album. Um, both tracks, Low Key Moist and uh, To Nashville with Regret, were my two favorites. I couldn't choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nashville has that singy part that I, you're probably thinking of. Yeah, it does. Exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, Low Key Moist, just again, from, right from the get go, chaotic, but still memorable. Has a really anthemic, like, breakdown, like, kind of like pre phase with um, the best that I've got to get your attention which is exactly what this first track does, man. It just fucking rips. Um, but there's also those more melodic moments, too. Um, actually, I think it's Boss Level 1 has the sung chorus that sort of, like, precedes another huge breakdown. But again, that's, a, that's where the singing, I think, occurs mostly. I thought you were just grading the song as Boss Level 1. <laughs> <laughs> boss Level 2, Boss Level 3. It's like, oh, that's pretty sick. <laughs> we're bringing back Boss. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're going to bring back Fat, too. <laughs> the PH. <laughs> get real hip-hop with it get on my jinkos my old fucking ball bearing necklace since i found it you saw that right i saw that i i can't believe you kept it did you just see how i i used the sound of silence was it was it in a frame did you frame it no. was it in a glass case no what was the- you're th- you think that i would frame my fucking hot topic ball bearing necklace from 2004 yes i do with no hesitation he says yes <laughs> well no levi i did not frame it it was in a fucking container thing in like in storage basically in the garage of my mom's house in sacramento my jinkos on the other hand <laughs> Boy, those i'm friends. wearing those right now uh, anyway um so back to l jesus let's not get hung up on my fashion faux pas of the past decade and we're saying l jesus like when you guys look at the how it's spelled it's capital L than Jesus with no space. I think I managed to address that earlier, but maybe you're maybe? right. Maybe? I don't know. The Jesus. Jesus. Yep. What track? Um, definitely low-key moist, for sure. I mean, that just pretty much has everything that you want out of it. But just one more afterthought about this. Um, this. This is a great little EP in that it's sort of a complete listening package that track three interlude sort of breaks up the EP very nicely kind of gives it a more complete kind of album experience despite its short length. Hmm. Right? Love it. Yeah. Yep. Sort of gives it more cohesiveness. And honestly, it kind of sounds like mouth breather and knocked loose to me at times, but uh, obviously just way more like versatile stylistically. So yeah, we're going to listen to Low Key Moist, which is track one from Last, which is El Jesus's debut EP that came out on June 18th of 2019. Here we go. Cave, shuffle it down! Let the dead, let the dead, 
So that was Low-Key Moist by L. Jesus. That's L. Jesus, literally, if you search that, you should be able to find it. And that's off uh, his, well, their, <laughs> his or their, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to make this a complete band or whatnot, but off the debut EP last that came out back in June. And I just had to snag that right now because I noticed he lowered the price. $4, five tracks. Mm. Boom. That, that seems, yeah, that, Well, that I seems mean, track perfect. three is technically an interlude, so you're, you know, it's a... Yeah. It works for me. It's the quali- I was enjoying it enough that I felt like I could rationalize that. Yeah. So next we're going to talk about Pac-Man the movie. Pac-Man the movie are a, well, I would call called the Mathcore from Houston, Texas. They're a new band. They just released their debut self-titled EP last month in June. And honestly, this band could have come straight out of MySpace and... I wouldn't have known the difference. Dude, they got that spazzy, wacky kind of element from the earlier days. Um, yeah. Right down to the ridiculously verbose song titles. You goddamn right, dude. Very long and verbose. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I just need to get out right away is that the band's name is so similar to another band, another similar band even, that we were uh, talking about um, earlier is Galaga the Movie. They like <laughs> it's like the same name it. scheme. Um, they sound very very similar. Um, they're good friends of mine. We used to tour with them. Galaga was a two piece. Galaga was a two piece. This band looks like a three piece, but although it, it also seems like one person has written the majority of the music according to Bandcamp, so that's that's kind of an interesting side note there. Um, although to their their credit, Pac Man's sound is like far more technical than Galaga's. I just I felt obligated still to draw that comparison. Because of uh, the name scheme. Yeah. Uh, Please let me know. Did you steal that name scheme from Gallagher the movie? Because I won't be able to sleep at night unless you tell me. Ooh, that's, <laughs> boy, you were going to be cranky later on. Uh, dude, uh, so... Do you th- know about that band? I mean, is this, is this, is this happenstance? That you named, use the same name scheme, another same like, uh, video game from the same era, no less? Like, Wasn't there also one recently that was the movie? I'm not mad about it. I'm just... Yeah. Anyways, um... Uh, very was spy- there another movie band? I Disney? think so. I think so. Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? We'll have to Google it after this. Okay. But and if so, so, I don't know, man. Um, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, I, I don't know, man. The, this this is a really powerful three piece. I fucking I love the lyrics. The uh, the whole uh, la 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 thing you guys do in track God, four. Yeah, speaking of Mr. Bungle, whoo, that was good. Uh, la 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 la. That's like with the exact uh, tonality of the guitar. So and, and it's like got this like it, and like it's like this like sassy kind of like uh, it's Hollywood fucking, squares there. It's great, dude. Um, but uh, I guess uh, yeah, that being said, they really do bear those um, wear those influences rather on their sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I that's all I really got, man. I mean, what track was really grabbing you? 
Um, track two or track four? Track two, done. Let's yeah. do that. That's I mean, what I would say. That being said, I mean, this... Well, track four just has, like, again, those Patton-esque elements that we were talking about, the melodic screaming that follows the guitar part to really great effect, by the way. But then it just jumps into this huge breakdown a la botch or Norma Jean. Um, every every track is just hard-hitting, too. Like, there's a lot of content packed in there. Track two is probably the most aggressive, so I feel like that was the one that maybe that we should display because it, it really shows off um, the, the main influences that I would peg them for, which is Inside the Beehive, um, the, those pull-offs from like the Fall of Troy kind of and the quirkiness of um, number 12 and I gotta say they, they kind of remind me of uh, Heavy Heavy Lolo too hmm. if you don't like Heavy Heavy Lolo you can get the fuck out ah Dude, I, I forgot about that one. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> we, it's, it's, that's quite underused, yes. So, um, yeah, overall, this is a fun little EP. We only complain about this release is that it's too short, and they're also charging $1 per song for digital. And uh, as we've thoroughly established last episode, we think that's a bit high. Mm-hmm. I'll spare our listeners um, that rant again for a while, so maybe just go back to the last episode if you're interested in hearing it's my thoughts. last two or three <laughs> he's had rants on them. Yeah, um... More moderate pricing might see you a bit more of visibility, so I'll just leave it at that, especially if you're not offering a physical option. So, um, so you want to do track four, Levi? No, track two. I said okay, track two. Great. So we're, we're going to listen to uh, track two from Pac-Man the Movie's self-titled EP, and it's called The Worst Thing That You Can Find in the Trash Is the Greatest Thing That You Can Recycle. I hear that. <laughs> you, you don't got to tell me that. No idea. And that came out on June 19th. Here we go. Right, so that was the worst thing that you can find in the trash is the greatest thing that you can recycle by Pac-Man the movie, and that's off their self-titled EP, which came out on June nineteenth. So next, we're going to talk about Tulip. Tulip are a synth-driven mathcore prog grind band from Minnesota. You could describe this in a number of ways. Uh, they released their debut single last year, and now they're back with their self-titled EP. A lot of self-titled EPs this episode. Yep. And uh, this was a really wild but a excellent listen. Tulip have a very unorth- uh, excuse me unorthodox approach um, to what you could call maybe grindcore, but they really bring in elements of like prog and mathcore and a little noise rock for a really cool and eclectic kind of like listening experience. It was a dark technical ride, man. Mm-hmm. Their sound is also very synth driven, like um, Trauma City, and they make no attempt to hide that with their description and tagging. The thing that's very present in the mix for the whole album, actually, is is the synth, but it just doesn't dominate the guitars either. 
you know. There's like another band I feel that just dips their toes in like so many different subgenres. Yeah, you know? again, back. <laughs> very. Com- this is readily compared to Trauma City for me. Um, the gu- the guitar is almost trying to sound like the synth. Um, in this case, actually, maybe it's a little more separated in the mix, but I, I feel like they're they're kind of going for that same kind of uh, that same kind of sound. And the compositions really do resemble prog and math core more than actual grind core too. By the way, it should be noted. Yep. Right. I mean, this I is. I did like, not write that down, but that is a good point, dude. It's not really grind core, uh, purely speaking. Just the technical aspect. I feel like you just think you're kind of like listening to grind, but it's definitely. The not. journalist in me is freaking out. I don't know how to fucking describe this band for you effectively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a question mark. This one. I had a question mark, but also a heart by these guys. It's fucking so good. Is- <laughs> I definitely had to buy the album. You know, and the backing vocals were another thing that kind of confused me. They they sound like Aaron Turner, Blake Connolly of uh, Dead in the Dirt and Infernal Coil, kind of. Just good vocals. Yeah, those like those lows, really yep. deep, kind of disgusting lows. They came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for all these reasons, I would readily compare them to uh, the Locust, maybe like Mashuga or even Ed Gain too. Kind of a lot of the uh, a lot of the sounds were sort of reminding me of that kind of the crossover grind bits. Hmm. Um. Anyway, uh, I also had a hard time picking a favorite track. Levi, do you have a favorite one? Dude, I could not pick a favorite track. Hmm. Honestly, um, let me see. I like the whole album. Maybe we should yeah, just go ahead well, and go I mean, throat honestly, meat. you just track one because it, yeah. Let's just do Throat Meat then. Cool. Perfect. Another April release too, by the way. So we're going to listen to uh, Throat Meat, which is track one off Tulip's self-titled album, which came out on April 5th of, two, uh, <laughs> of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go.
All right, so that was Throat Meat by Tulip, and that's off their self-titled album, which came out on April 5th, 2019. So next we're going to talk about Apostle. Apostle are a hardcore band from Atlanta, Georgia. Pulling up their page right now because I don't have any notes on them for this episode. They, uh, they released their first EP, Shallow Graves, in January of 2018, and now they're back with their... Well, I guess their debut full-length album. I think the last one was an EP, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So they're back with their new full-length album, their debut, uh, which is called Sufferer. And uh, it's just a very concise 10-track listen of, like, dirty hardcore. It is. Uh, So, Christian and I, this would be our last band that we chose for this episode. Um, It's kind of a... I would say a last minute mm-hmm. kind of thing. We've gone back and forth about covering this band in the past. We even, actually. have, we have. Um, so we you ultimately decided that it wasn't math core enough, which is yeah. a terrible reason not to cover something that's good. But and that's kind of where last night we decided it was. It was. Yeah, we we decided we decided on Apostle. So honestly, um, I was jamming them. I decided kind of like the last minute. I was like, yeah, dude, let's just choose Apostle. Uh, as I was listening to you guys, love everything that you're doing. I see the, I start reading the lyrics and everything, and then I match it to the name, and then I happen to just kind of put two and two together, and I just notice, holy shit, guys, I'm pretty sure you're a Christian hardcore band. Now, this... That completely escaped me, by the way. So, once again, if I'm about to talk about everything here, it might not even apply to you guys. You do need to get back to us, and we'll do, like, a correction on next episode if I'm incorrect here, but I do take it you are a Christian hardcore band or at least just very heavy on the belief of god and everything so um moving on from there uh i myself uh being from the midwest and everything and just listening to hardcore from like the uh, late 90s on um i i mean back in the day any band that was heavy that was fucking heavy you listened to you know so face down records i mean even if you weren't truly like a christian like person or like believing in god you still probably listen to trust kill releases solid state releases i'm I'm not a christian but i love the chariot listen man you but you listen to i mean under oath i mean as i lay dying yeah absolutely holy fucking shit definitely not the latter but the former absolutely define the great line was a great album i feel like i feel like heavy even grindy bands in the MySpace era were always a thing. May I remind you, underneath the gun, impending doom. These were <laughs> the like uh, these are uh, these those are from yes, you may. those are from Burning City uh, Burning City Records. You know they originally they did the first Amur record. Um, but going back to this, so so once again, this is not bad. What I'm saying, I now am just going to talk about how shocked I am and how almost retro it is that I see a Christian hardcore band pop up in 2019. Retro even. Well, okay, so you, you're all young gentlemen. I, or younger, or something like that, but I just I find it very interesting that um, you're, uh, you have hardcore of praise so much. Uh, it's, I, I just, it's, man, maybe I'm going to do a marketing tip like Christian always says, and I'm going to say right now that it's going to get you some heat these days um and there's it's, a lot of really anti-religious people out there for sure it's a different time than it is than it the is. early 2000s and late 90s you know so um anyways with that uh, i commend you guys for just doing what you do um but once again maybe this doesn't apply but holy fuck i'm looking at a lot of gods as christian's pulling up the lyrics so anyways yes <laughs> um god is real so <laughs> is his anger sufferer we're one in the same ha <laughs> um anyways we 
Christian was like, whoa, I don't know about that. I was like, honestly, dude, we do need to cover this. I want to talk about this. But really, I bought the album. I mean, just for the record. So so the conversation is here. I guess if you guys want to know, Apostle, it is. Was this a conversation? Um, do you guys get any backlash? I mean, and you obviously have been in. They're from Atlanta, dude. That's like a home of, of exactly. that kind of Norma Christian Norma Jean, Under Oath, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, ludicrous. This is fucking pre-Norma Jean, which right. is Norma Jean. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that, guys, like, you obviously were probably in hardcore bands back in the day. They're, like, a little more Christian, too. But, like, do you think it's really different? Was this a discussion? I mean, please get back to us, because I really am – I'm not trying to bash here. I am just truly intrigued and interested. It's almost like, you know, how, like – I mean – it's almost nowadays, uh, you know, nothing sacred. Like, you know, hey, did you bring? They're bringing back this. You're like, yeah, of course they're bringing that back. Like, I mean, I'm not. You're not shocked by anything that is happening these days. So it's like, I just, I find it interesting, and also just like, oh, not bad. Okay, we'll see how that goes. You know, um, but on that note, uh, we're gonna break away from the marketing thing. I think <laughs> Phantom Limb is your guys's like strongest fucking track. Um, how but, dare you steal a Pig Destroyer song title for that? Though? I knew you were going to say it. What I the knew fuck is you that were going to say it. But hey, Phantom Limb, there's a lot of things going on there. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can't. I guess you can't just, I mean, they haven't, they haven't copyrighted the term Phantom hey, Limb. Hey, at least so. they're not called Pig Destroyer. They're not, you know, in <laughs> like, like the band Orchid that we had a few. Oh uh, fucking, my God. Anyways, that's what I'm saying. Just, they're not Orchid. They need so, to change their name to Man Eating Orchid as they were originally planning to do. Cause that oh, just, is that what it was? I think so. Yeah. Like, doy guys. Um, so, uh, but, but, but with this, with Apostle, um, kudos, you guys belong on Have Facebook. Have you heard of my new band, Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but with Apostle, dude, you guys do you. Um, I fucking, like, if this was 10 years ago, you would be on Face Down Records slamming that shit with Sinai Beach and everything, so. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's nice. Um, Did you mean Sinai Beach? Sinai Beach? It's not Sinai, Sinai Beach? Beach? No, Sinai Beach. And also, Christian, I'm terrible at pronouncing things. I know you are. That's why S- I'm questioning S- Sinai, what you're saying. S-N- Sinai. Okay, uh, you're right. You're right. Uh-huh. Sinai Peninsula is boom, a bitch, boom. a region in Egypt. So yeah, Sinai Beach. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> By the way, anybody out there that doesn't mind a little god lyrics, go listen to Sinai Beach. Their first, uh, the first two re- uh, records, pretty fucking good. <laughs> that was an epic Levi rant right there. <laughs> he has a lot to say about Christian hardcore and screamo in the MySpace era. These are very important things. Well, we both have a lot to say about MySpace, bud. That's why this podcast exists. I, Christian literally had nothing written about Apostle, and yeah, I was like, nothing. I was like, I was like, Christian, no notes. sit back. I got this. <laughs> He's got this one. Yeah, um, but honestly, I've only given it like one or two listens, but it was fucking dirty. And although I wouldn't really describe it as mathcore, it's chaotic hardcore. Close enough. Like you, you guys are gonna like this. It fucking rips. It sounds like Cult Leader. Um, I can't really draw too many other comparisons, honestly. But if you like that dark, hardcore sound. If anybody out there is liking this sound and you're a little younger and everything, just look up Face Down Records. Kind of go back to that. You'll find a lot of heavy shit out there. I think you might be misleading them. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Don't do it. Face Down Records. Download everything. Face Down Records. (laughs) I'm going to delete all of that. I'm going to edit it out. (laughs) All right. um, So you think that Phantom Limb is the strongest track name? I, I love Phantom Limb, man. Yeah, game on. Okay, great. So we're going to go ahead and listen to Phantom Limb, which is track five from Apostle's new album, Suffer, and that came out on June 14th. Actually, you know what? Just kidding. We had a quick uh, <laughs> quick conference there. I think we're going to listen to Sentient instead. I'm sorry, everybody. Levi made a goof. Track five, I enjoy, but is not what Mathcore Index wants as far as this goes. We're going to give you Sentient instead. It's track one. It's short and to the point. It's got some nice feedback. 
cover your butthole. It's going to tear you apart. <laughs> okay, so just kidding. It's sentient instead. Track one, Suffer, Apostle. Here we go. So that was Sentient by Apostle, and that's off their new full-length album, Sufferer, which came out back in June. And uh, Levi and I just sat there and listened to almost half the album while we were watching Evangelion. Dude, fucking brutal, but also that album, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Syncing up very nicely with that uh, that scene, too, with Asuka fighting the uh, the dummy plugs. So much blood. So much blood. And teeth. And viscera. (laughs) All right. Anyway. So next we've got our interview with the Callous Dowboys. We recently sent out our new correspondent, Jay Dino, to interview the full band at their show in Long Island, New York. Here we go. Hi, everyone. This is Jay from Mathcore Index here today with the Callous Dowboys who just released their exciting new album, Die on Mars. If you all wouldn't mind passing the mic around and saying your name, roll the band, and favorite Google Doll song. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's weird to be on the other end of this. Um, my name's Carson. I'm the vocalist. My favorite Goo Goo Dolls song is uh, Big Machine. Uh, hello. Uh, I am Sam, the drummer of the Callous Dow Boys, and I don't even know the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm sorry. Uh, hi, my name is Adam Collins. I play guitar in uh, the Callous Dow Boys, and my favorite Goo Goo Dolls song is actually by John Rzeznik and his solo act and his work on Treasure Planet with I'm Still Here. That's I a great song. I hate that that was a nuanced that answer. Was, I, I loathe that. That was beautiful. Alrighty. Hi, my name's Amber. I play gimmick for the Cal Stow Boys. Other- <laughs> <laughs> Yellow card Lindsey Sterling violinist. Uh, my favorite Google Dolls song is Iris, even though I hate that song because I don't listen to Google Dolls. Hi, I'm Jackie, and I play bass in the Callous Dow Boys, and my favorite Goo Goo Dolls song is All the Small Things. <laughs> uh, my name is Maddie, I play guitar in the Callous Dow Boys, I've never fucking listened to the Goo Goo Dolls ever in my life, not even once. Okay. <laughs> my first question is for anyone in the band, uh, Diamars is quite a step up from your last record, Animal Tetris, in many ways. What artists or events inspire you to explore a, mere, a more experimental, visceral, and technical direction? Um... Can I take this one? Is that all right? Um, I would say just like us, um, the lineup change for sure definitely helped us, uh, made us feel like um, we could explore a little bit more technical, a little more technical elements. Uh, I mean, Animal Tetris was supposed to sound like Die on Mars, but uh, the people that were in the band couldn't play it, Um, which is not shade on them. They just, it wasn't their thing. Um, So getting Sam in the band and getting Jackie Jackie in the band, Uh, Both of them, I I gave them sort of a skeleton to uh, write their parts around. You know, I I gave Jackie the guitar tabs and Sam had like a electronic 
uh, skeleton of the drum track, and both of them wrote their own parts, and um, I, I honestly think the album would be nowhere near as good as it is if we didn't have the right bassist and the right drummer. Um, and as far as for like the violin part approach goes for this one, um, I've definitely been more influenced recently by, uh, I guess, ambient and experimental music in, in general, things that have more of a breadth of scope and depth um, versus like melodic parts. And so a lot of the writing that I did for Animal, or not Animal Tetris, rather, Die on Mars, our like, recent LP, um, has kind of been more, it, it's definitely supposed to like evoke deeper things and be more emotionally poignant than just Rift City, I guess, although it is also that. Hopefully. Yeah, it's also Riff City. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So yeah. very proud of how Riff City it is. Well, yeah, we're the capital. We we drove you to Riff City in an eighteen wheeler, and you better like it. And then shoved you in a ditch and watched you cry. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. <laughs> okay. Um, so Carson, personal question for you: As much as the songwriting on the LP matured, so did your voice and a lot of the ad lib screams, most notably in songs like "The Absolute Barnstormer." What gave birth to this less linear style of vocal performance in contrast to your work on previous releases? Um, I think a lot of it was uh, a lot of it was just me kind of having more time to test out vocals. Um, uh, when I wrote the all the vocals to Die on Mars, I wasn't living with my parents, and they hate hearing me scream. So I uh, I was like living in this room with like no windows, and I could just scream anytime I wanted. So um, I could definitely practice more, and um, I could. Uh, I could try new things out, and um, that's that's pretty much what it was. It was just trial and error. And then when I brought it to Corey, he would give me all these notes. Corey, our producer, um, he would give me all these notes about, like, you should do this here, this here, and this here. And that's kind of where it all came together. And um, as far as, like, the cadence goes, because I've heard a lot of people say that they, like, like the cadence on this release a little bit more than the last one. And that's just accredited to me being a better screamer I guess and like me being able to maybe enunciate things a little bit more um and like I was choosing my lyrics very carefully just based on like you know how many consonants am I saying how many syllables am I saying here like syllabically does this work or not and mm -hmm. then you know I would hope for the best okay all right cool um I'm actually gonna skip to a later question because you brought up Corey, um, so I'm aware this record has been produced uh, by the very talented Corey Batista. What led you down the path of deciding Batista as the person to engineer this release? Okay, for anyone. Yeah. I think Maddie could answer that the best. Yeah, so we have, uh, the reason we picked Corey is hometown friends of ours in a band called Seder. They actually, and actually another uh, band from our hometown, Atlanta, called Kakashka. Both of them recorded EPs right. with Corey, and we hadn't, like, we hadn't really heard Corey's name, like, around at all or anything, and I think he had only just moved to Atlanta within the last couple of years, and, like, built his own studio, like, in his house and everything, and, uh, we'd played with Seder a couple of times, and, like, like, they were cool, like, we obviously liked them and everything, but then they put out that EP, and, like, the first song from it, I was, like, blown away. Like, it was a little, like, I was like intimidated by how good it was and uh we kept like tossing around different ideas for different producers and stuff but I was like we should definitely look him up and he kind of uh he's really smart and he's really like he's at a, I feel like a similar level in his life that we are he's not much older than us and he's kind of like trying to build up his own career this was his first LP that he's ever done like he's oh, mostly cool. just done LP or EPs and short releases and singles and stuff like that so um he kind of like he like really threw himself into this and he like really believed in it more than 
More than a lot of people, a lot of producers, More I feel than like. More at certain times, yeah. too. Yeah, for he sure. Like, he, like, this is as much his baby as it is the rest of ours. Like, I wish he could be at all the shows every night and, yeah. like, basking in the credit of everybody being like, Diane Mars is amazing. Because, because he understood like, it better. Yeah. As well as the rest of us. I think he got our broader vision. For yeah. Sure. And he also, like, even on stuff that was, like, influences that he didn't totally understand, like, we would tell him those. And he, like, he threw himself into them. He made himself a fan of, like, stuff like Converge. And stuff like, like other yeah. yeah. Stuff he, like he got like into stuff that he had never listened to before, specifically to like know what we wanted to do, which yeah. was really cool. And um, uh, lastly, even as so far as violin parts um, are concerned, like he's had experience playing the cello and stuff. He's familiar yeah, he's kind a of really with really talented oh, cool. cellist yeah. too. He's familiar uh, he, with yeah. He plays. he plays he plays cello on, and I forgot to credit him, so I feel like an asshole. I'm gonna I, sh- I need to edit it on Bandcamp, but uh, he plays cello on Diane Mars Sunspot. Um, oh, yeah. that's, uh, that's what that is. Yes, yeah. that's Very that cool. is what that is. Um, he gets that like I think he gets like like just the nature of having writing string parts I think a lot better than a lot of people he's helped me workshop it he also did like a really big thing well like he he believed in this record like so much that he sent it to the guy that mastered it very early like way before we were into like the mastering process at all and I, I think like really what made me believe in this record was like we got such a glowing review from Jesse Cannon, the the guy who mastered uh, this record, who is like he's done like Dillinger records and right, just yeah. done crazy insane shit. So like when he was like, "This is so different and so impressive," I think we were like, "Well, fuck, okay, now we have to actually finish this thing." <laughs> yeah, he was like, "That was act- honestly, it was kind of cool that Jesse Cannon got to like put like a little bit of his fingers on right. it because like." He has a bunch of podcasts, and he's like been in. He's like managed a bunch of bands that I've been fans of for right. like ever. So yeah. All right, cool. cool. So the saxophone is an excellent addition in the moments it appears throughout Diamaris. Do you think there's a chance a new band member might be introduced to bring this instrument to live performances? Um, it's funny you should mention that. Oh, no. uh, Rich Castillo is hopping up on stage tonight with us to play wow. two songs. So that's very cool. Very nice. In New York right now, which is where he's from. But okay. Yeah. Well, there's I, nothing that's, permanent. <laughs> yeah, I I just love the sound of a saxophone, and I love the sound... We haven't done it yet. We haven't used it yet, but I love the sound of a muted trumpet. Okay. Um, and, like, Dillinger's always brought in, like, horned instruments and stuff, and, like, anything that makes our music more shrill is, like, uh, a plus to me. Mm-hmm. So when I gave Rich... I, I didn't even show Rich Contrail Crucifix, which is a song he plays on. He didn't right. hear that song until the record was out. Um, or, or until we had a full cut of the record that I sent to him, he, I literally just told him like, "Hey, can you like improvise something, and then we're gonna put it wherever we think it fits." And he sent me seven minutes of improvised saxophone, oh, and cool. then we used it where we thought it was appropriate. But um, I mean, he heard Barnstormer when he played on it, um, and he loved it. He thought it was really cool. Um, and he saw us in Brooklyn uh, the last time we were here, um, and was like, "That was really cool to hear the part that I played on." So, um, I don't think I don't think he's going to join the band, but uh, he's absolutely going to be on future releases. That cool. is for sure. Very cool.
So this question is for Amber. From what I can gather, you're a classically trained violinist and also heavily involved in writing for the Callous Boys. What has the transition been like going from a classical musician to a member of a mathcore band, and what assets have you carried over from your previous music ventures to this band's songwriting? Well, it's funny. Um, insofar as my, uh, just for the record, I'm like, I've been playing violin for pretty much 10 years now. I'm four of those without actual uh, people teaching me or an instructor of any sort. Um, but uh, what I, the repertoire I gained while I was playing uh, classical music in an orchestral context was largely like you start out with uh, contemporary classical and things of that nature, even scores to a certain extent, and then you build like a like a more standard classical repertoire based off of like composers that you would know like Mozart or Bach or whatever um and in that regard I definitely uh gained an appreciation for the fact that yeah violin is very much a multifaceted thing it's also in an orchestral context it's a one part of like a very large whole um and as far as that goes like it, it isn't it isn't just like a very linear thing I think it's more about evoking lush soundscapes with many other different people. So I think I, I brought that that knowledge that uh, violin isn't just sort of covering covering pop songs. Even if you like take it outside of an orchestral context, it doesn't have to be just cover, covering pop songs, you know, like riffing off of what's popular, even writing straight covers of other songs in an orchestral context and like thereby sucking the life out of them. So I think I, um, I like to think I brought a sense of that into the band, like uh, even just playing in an unconventional way. Like I didn't really listen to the genre beforehand, but kind of got a feel for what, would bring the most depth to it and that was a learning experience for sure but even just learning how to follow guitar riffs and then building from there uh i think i think that's kind of the the process that's been and it's still been evolving even from animal touchers to die on mars was a huge jump but uh yeah that's sort of the gist of it (laughs) and uh, i'll throw my hat in the ring and say that amber was like like you can even hear the transition like we open the first EP with a Vivaldi piece, yeah. right? Like, yeah, we did. Yeah. And since it's a hundred years old, no one can fucking sue us. No. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, we open it with that, and it was just because we were like, you're in the band to do this, like, shrill, like, panic chord thing, but, like, what else can we use you for? And then it was like, okay, maybe we need to, we don't need to do that every release, and it's more like, okay, maybe you could be doing more just adding depth to these, like, Maybe you could just make these guitar parts sound like, you know, more demonic and more just insane. We've definitely unearthed, like, a sort of versatility with the instrument. I don't even think we intended to come across where it's, like, uh, it doesn't have to... Even, like, just sounding good or playing violin well isn't a linear thing. Like, sure, there's classical standards, but I think it has other uses. I think people shouldn't be scared to use it. And some people really don't fuck with our specific use of the violin. And, like, the people that do... It's very nice that people are like, it's so cool that your panic chords sound so crazy because of the violin. Like, that's very nice. I love those comments. But when people are like, I can't hear the violin, I'm like, hey. That's not the point. (laughs) That's not the fucking point, dude. Like, we're not a, like. Sounds bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we also had to, like, kind of walk a being nuanced about it instead of being, we really do not want it to be a gimmick. Mm. And, like. I think we got tried to get pigeonholed that it was going to be a gimmick early on, but now, yeah. now this release was us actually walking that fine line and getting it right, yeah. I feel like. When I first heard the demo for the first track in the album, um, Flip Flops at a Funeral, when I first heard the demo, it had only uh, mallets, had only xylophone, mm-hmm. no violin. When I heard the um, release, it I think the violin really highlighted everything. Yeah, um, for sure. I think, I think it really brought that whole section together. So, great work with that. So, this question is for Jackie. 
Uh, you really put on a stellar performance alongside Carson on this release, with some of the most devastating performances riddled throughout the album. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what vocalists have inspired you in your work on Die on Mars? Um, mostly, well, for the past like couple of years, most of my listening, like most of most of what I've been listening to is like just like Converge and stuff like that, like Jacob Bannon especially. I, I'm really like a big fan of how like shrill and like just fucking na- just nasty right. just <laughs> nasty dirty just nasty dirty yes, just nasty funny. shrill shrill yeah. fucking bird shrieks that he can emit from his throat somehow <laughs> and i've i guess that's like kind of like stuck with me a little bit and i try to emulate that when i can when it makes sense to rather but i think that would be like the biggest one for me personally because I, I've I've never really thought about that. Like, I I usually go into like if I need to like do a vocal performance just to like just like do it like sporadically, not even like thinking about it. Just like just like scream into the microphone, see what happens. But um, I think in terms of like influences, I think Converge would be my best bet on that. I guess. Cool. Thank you, everyone, for letting me interview you. Are there any final words? Sam and Adam didn't really get to speak that much, so let's hear a little bit about some of your. Y'all can talk about whatever you want. That's cool. What do we want to talk about? Plug, plug, good bands that we liked that we played with. For sure. Okay, (laughs) so (laughs) listen to Shingard. Shingard is amazing. For for your health, absolutely false accusations. The the best band that we've toured with. Yes, they are our boys. One of them is your boy. Absolutely, I actually own all of them. Yeah, legally. Um, Listen what? to Sleep Sculptor. Oh yeah, Sleep Sculptor. Oh my Sculptor. goodness. So Sleep Sculptor. Uh, the threats. The threats are really good as well. Oh yeah, we love them. Uh, who, who else has been like really cool? We played with lately. Daedalus. We're playing. Daedalus. Yes. Daedalus. Daedalus from Tennessee. Cool. Black We're metal band from Tennessee. We're playing with more of myself to kill tonight, and they're standing Long right behind Kentucky. us. <laughs> Long Kentucky. Um, yeah, more I'm excited to, to play with them. They're really cool. Um, they put out a cool new record. Yep. If you're listening yeah. to this, I love you, mom. I love you. No. <laughs> uh, sleep. School. Oh, Pla- yeah. Black Matter Device. Listen oh, to them. Yeah. Listen to the band that stole their artwork too. Yep. We love Harm. Harm is awesome. Oh yeah, our friends Harm dropped a record the same day we did. Listen to it. I, yeah. I I cannot stress this enough. Fucking Void Eater because Void Eater fucking rips Oh yeah, ass. we play with Void Eater and Black Matter Device in a couple of weeks in Atlanta. And that should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Right before tour, we got to play with Apostle, and oh, yeah. we, we love playing with Apostle. They're they're great people. We're and, just shouting yeah. out every band at this point. All Fucking bands are good. Jerome's Dream, Jillian Carter. Oh yeah, we play with Jerome's. Yeah, we we're, keep forgetting that we're I playing plug, a gig with Jerome's Dream. Yeah, we, Exodus. Listen to yeah, Exodus. No, this Stop. is just like a little bit of a flex. But in September alone, we get to play. We get to open for Evergreen Terrace. Exodus and Jerome's Dream, all within two weeks. <laughs> and Creeping Death. And Creeping Death. Are they also yeah. on they're, Slaughter Cube? They're on Slaughter Cube. Uh, I don't even know the bands yeah. we're playing with. Come see us. Festivals. Come see us at Perception of Energy, and, and then Columbia, South Carolina. And then come see us at Slaughter Cube in Atlanta, and then come see us at the Bakery when we open for Jerome's Dream and Loma. Loma and then come over to my apartment afterwards, where I will make you a hearty meal. The pattern recognition uh, does really cool work with tapes. Dark Trail. Dark Trail Records does a lot of really cool work with like mathcore bands, chaotic metalcore. Uh, Acrobat Unstable did our vinyl and they work with a lot of really cool like southern bands and like queer artists and stuff like that. They're really cool. Plugging Corey Batista, 
uh, plugging Corey Batista audio. Corey Batista audio. Plugging Ian Joshua Riley for no reason. For no really. reason, just yeah. to plug him. Uh, plugging Anthony Grasso. If you need graphic design work, he did the really Jeff cool Lazard. JL photography. He did the cover JLP art. photography. No, it's just JL. There's no two P's. Oh shit. Yeah. I just now realized. I read it that. like that yeah. too, and JLP I want to say it like that. It is. It's at JL Photography on Instagram, and I think on Facebook. Uh, who else did stuff on this record? Oh, Soha Photography. Oh, Soha, yeah. Did, Soha Alves. Soha Alves did all of um, the promo shots of us that are in the inserts and on our Spotify. Yeah. Or other no- also goes by Sam Alves, but yeah. yeah. Stone American. Stone Fink. Um, Has done a lot of our live shots. Sarah, Sarah Rose from Sarah and the Safe Word. Yes. Jason me. Sherman from Circuit of Sons. And Dead, and Dead. Dead Empires. Empires. I'm, I, I got this. I got this, okay? <laughs> and um, uh, Johnny Hendricks, whose solo project is very, very good. They're called, he's also in a band called The Mob Tones. The Mob Tones as well. Yes. And I just want to give one final shout out to one person that we have shouted out multiple times, and that is Jay Dino. Aww. 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 The interview. This one's All right. for you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, come check out the Callous Dad Boys and the Die on Mars tour, which ends today. So, yeah, this is the never last. mind. So, well, no, but, uh, find the video. Stream Die on Mars. Guess not. Guess not. Thanks for watching Math Core Index. <laughs> All right. So, that was our new correspondent, Jay Dino, interviewing the Callous Dad Boys. And funnily enough, our other correspondent, Carson Pace, I'm sure many of you uh, recognize that name and that voice. So we're, we're happy to bring a complete interview with the full band for you. Anyway, so before we wrap this up, I uh, just want to remind everybody, please follow us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, give us a follow on iTunes and SoundCloud. Let us know your thoughts. Leave us some love. Send us your questions to mathcoreyindex at gmail.com. And uh, also, next Saturday, time is now, uh, Math Core Index Fest. 2019, our second annual fest, July 13th at Oakland Metro Opera House. Mouth breather, meth, name, seizures, standards, floral, robboard, explorer, steak sauce, mustache, sar, freighter, and half slug. Sponsored by Dark Trail Records, Metal Trenches, Dadcore, Mars Productions, and of course the whole shebang is presented by Metal Injection. Tickets are $25, doors at 2 p.m., so we look forward to seeing you all there. Gonna be a good time. I'm fucking pumped. I'm about to uh, about to mosh for fucking half slug too. Really looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> half slug, uh, I, dude. I, just like this, like new band, and they sound really good. No recordings, by the way, but we'll be covering them eventually. I'm sure. I'm sure we will. I'm really looking forward to hearing their their debut recording. So, with that, I'm your host Christian, and I'm your co-host Levi, and we'll be back again next month with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful. <laughs>